Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, it's Chase from On the Table Gaming, and welcome back to episode 90 of the On the Table Gaming podcast. Now, as a podcast that covers gaming of all sorts, we often focus on a Song of Ice and Fire the Miniatures game, but this week we'll be talking about Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I'm joined by Nate from the Gamers Guild, an amazing content creator for Marvel Crisis Protocol. So, Nate, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was uh, not anticipating an invite, and uh, I've been listening to your stuff a while myself for the uh, Song of Ice and Fire stuff. And uh, thank you so much for having me. I mean, you just make such amazing Marvel Crisis Protocol content. You know, I think today we got a few things we can talk about, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about Marvel Crisis Protocol as well as your content. But also, you know, why that might be a game that people may want to pick up, you know, if they're playing A Song of Ice and Fire as like a second game. But before we do that, actually, I'd love to kind of hear your background about gaming. You know, one thing we often find is that there's so many different routes to getting to this awesome hobby, and that can kind of bring different perspectives and experiences. So, you know, how did you get into gaming in general and what led you to Marvel Crisis Protocol? Yeah. So, uh, man, where did digging really far back i guess question (laughs) Uh, like obviously like you you dabble in some of the the fun games as a kid and stuff but i think really when i first got into gaming uh in middle school i had a couple of friends uh who were very casually playing warhammer it was just kind of a a fun thing for us nerdy kids to be able to do (laughs) that rings a bell (laughs) right uh and then but in college, it was just kind of a, a renaissance, uh, getting into some of the heavier board games and really getting into uh, a fun little Magic uh, the Gathering community. Uh, played so many hours of Catan in college and stuff. And so <laughs> kind of from there, after graduating, I was able to have room to paint and build again and started getting into Warhammer. And then this company called Night Models came out with a Marvel Universe miniatures game. And it was cool. It was great. It lasted for like six months, and Marvel <laughs> pulled the license. Well, we weren't. There's still plenty of uh, kind of questions about that. And so then I, I kind of just twiddled my thumbs for a little bit, and I'd happened to be at Gen Con when a new studio, Atomic Mass Games, just kind of were like, "Hey, we're going to tag on to the end of FFG's thing here, and we're bringing you a brand new Marvel game." And I was just extremely excited. And after the other game died, and while we're still not 100% sure, I was like, cool, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure this one doesn't. So I wanted to to make videos. I wanted to be able to get people interested in, into the hobby uh, because I think it's uh, in some ways very similar to Song of Ice and Fire uh, is a great kind of like gateway game bringing people into the hobby and i kind of feel like just the marvel license being able to see hulk or captain america on the table is going to gather that interest of people who maybe haven't uh, taken a dive into it before and honestly like when i was watching your stuff i was like man i get like your content is so great it's so accessible and that's something i actually really admire because i think you know you your content actually spans a wide range of audiences but it's accessible enough that people who are just getting to the hobby can learn a lot from that. And so uh, don't turn off the podcast, but afterwards, go check out his channel, Gamers Guild. And there's just so much information. And if anything we're talking about here about Marvel Crisis Protocol, like strikes your fancy, make sure you subscribe and check it out because, you know, I've been going through as I've just been slowly kind of testing the waters for the game. 
and your videos have been like a lifesaver. Thank you. I'm glad you uh, glad you enjoy it, and I hope anybody else who's listening uh, you find it helpful as well. So you were kind of always a, a fan of of comics. Then sounds like Marvel Marvel properties have always kind of caught your eye. Uh, absolutely. I remember in middle school, I think that's about the time that the Civil War comic came out. It was Captain America versus Iron Man. Uh, and I, I picked that up, chewed it up, loved every bit of it. And of course, that's also not too long after that, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe started. Uh, and then I picked up the Marvel Unlimited, which was just so many years worth of uh, comics backlog that you can go through and read at your own leisure. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I, a huge appeal of uh, this game to me, at least, is definitely the source material. And that's one of the things that was interesting to me. So I sort of looked at this game early on, and then um, I've only recently kind of cycled back to it. And uh, one of the things that I was starting to see is that I didn't give it like a fair pass the first time. Um, so it seems like it really does the thematic element well. And maybe we can talk about that in a little bit. But I, I kind of didn't know where this game was on the on the maybe the continuity or the spectrum of like casual game or like competitive game. Where would you say it fits on that? Honestly, I think it fits wherever you want it to be able to fit. If you have a very competitively minded playgroup that really enjoys getting strategy and those kind of things, uh, this game has a, a place for you. There's definitely. Uh, some high tier lists. Uh, we currently have the third season of a TTS league currently going on for Marvel Crisis Protocol, and the for the winner of the first one ended up being the runner up in the second one. And we're seeing a lot of repeat names at the top. So, like, if you want this to be a competitive thing, there's very obviously room for that. But at the same time, if you're just looking for something a little bit more fun, a little bit more casual. You can come in and just be like, cool, Hulk's going to pick up that uh, gas truck <laughs> and throw it at Red Skull. Uh, yeah. And so there's just so much uh, kind of fun theme behind the the characters in the game. And at Gen Con, uh, one of the really cool things that uh, Will Schick and Will Bagani did was they sat down and were kind of like, hey, here's kind of how we look at the development process. And half of the playtesters are like thematic playtesters. They want to make sure that a character feels like that character should. Hmm. And so like they actually have all the names of the characters because it can't just be like, cool, like here's a guy that's going to be able to fly around, throws bombs and does this. It's like, cool. But then you say, hey, this is Green Goblin. We want to make sure he feels and plays like an insane uh, businessman would or something. <laughs> and so he then kind of represents that that much better on the table, which is really cool. I mean, that's, yeah. So when I first played it, um and I talked about this on a past episode, but uh, I did not have a great demo game when I first played this. I think it was at PAX Unplugged. And it was just like the circumstances, the setup. We got to play a turn. I think we started on turn two and it was a kind of a short amount of time to go through it. And it just, it came off as, you know, just casual uh, in a good way. Yeah. But, but also like, it was like, well, I don't know how much depth it has. And then when we cycled back, I actually brought in some friends to play with. We've been playing on Tabletop Simulator with some different backgrounds. And I'm definitely coming at it from a casual perspective, but I had some friends that were really big into War Machine. And when they saw Will Pagani's name on it, they were like, all right, like we'll give it a shot. And we've just been realizing that there's so much depth. And I mean, it's just a really, it's got a, just a great chassis. And you're talking about the competitive players. Like it does seem like it could totally be a really strong competitive game. And yet, like there's so many thematic moments that, where I just find myself like laughing and smiling while we're playing 
I was mentioning just before we we went live, uh, I had a you know one of my characters got taken out by Thor throwing Loki at him, and it was just like this is hilarious, this is great, or like you know picking up and throwing things as the Hulk. It, it's sort of you know that that question of where does it fall on the spectrum? Like so right now, my impression has been like like you said, like it, it kind of fills all those gaps, which kind of boggles my mind. I'm used to trying to compare it to other things and be like, oh, it's either like this or it's like that. This just seems like it's its own beast. Yeah, it strikes a really nice balance because you, you have those like get help moments out of one use cards <laughs> that are like really powerful and thematic. Uh, you also have like Iron Man able to do a ricochet blast off of Captain America's shield. So as long as Iron Man's in range of cap, he can then attack somebody that's even further away. Uh, and then there's just like the names of some of the superpowers like Captain America has. I can do this all day, which makes <laughs> him even better on defense. And so the it's just oozing with theme and these just kind of like comic moments uh, that get to take place on the battlefield, which is awesome. And then if you if you really enjoy the numbers and getting down into the crunchy, like, man, I want this guy to have some rerolls and consistency. Uh, there's a hundred percent that aspect of the game as well. Yeah, and then and beyond that, it's so it's a this is a one v one game, but there's also some uh, like player versus you know PVE player versus everything mode, um, and it seems like that's a space that they could continue to explore with the game. Yeah, so that was one of the things that got me really excited. It's the Ultimate Encounters, is what their final uh, name of it is. And it's either a two v one or a uh, you can also have they've done one of the ultimate raid battle boss fights uh, as an AI as well. So you can have a very literal two versus the single bad guy. Uh, but right now they have Ultron and you can literally do three players with just the core set with that, with how they have it set up, which is a really cool, just, Hey, here's a free additional thing that you can do with the game. It's all for download, which is awesome. Uh, and then most recently, of course, has been Thanos uh, coming with his own ultimate encounter where he's loaded up with all six infinity gems and your opponent brings like maybe 10 characters to try to take him on. And it's uh, Thanos wins more times than not. It's it's hard. <laughs> and that's a great point you just brought up about how many characters. So if you're you know playing A Song of Ice and Fire and you've got your armies already there and you're looking at other games and you're like, OK, well, you know, what am I talking about investing here? How many miniatures would you have in a typical, you know, army or, or roster? Yeah, so it's a really unique uh, kind of system how this game plays. At the end of the day, you need at most 10 models to have a, to be able to like go to a tournament, to go casual, whatever you feel like. But 10 models is how many you will need in your roster, along with a few uh, different objective cards and what are called tactic cards which kind of function like the, uh, oh, remind me what it's called in a, a song. song. Of the tactics cards. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of uh, like the tactics cards in the Song of Ice and Fire. Perfect. So it, it is that. I was just like, man, maybe it's not the same name. But <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and you bring, so, and then once you find out what the mission is and where the objectives are laid out, you actually then tailor build your team. So you might only have like, five to six miniatures on the table at a time. So that means as far as like a collecting standpoint, so you would basically build your full force of, you know, so I would purchase maybe 10 miniatures and I'd have a full roster that I would then build from those 10. So as far as like another investment, you obviously can go way more than that, but you can absolutely try to uh, be like me and collect every single piece that comes out, which is harder than it should be at times. 
but really, like you can you can just buy the core set, and it'll come with enough objectives. It'll come with enough of the crisis cards, and it comes with enough characters to literally just buy that, and you can go sign up at an event uh, at your local gaming store or. If we get to have them again at convention, any of that kind of stuff, the the core set will be enough to get you there. Which is just awesome. I love it when a game comes with enough to like play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, any characters, one of the things that oftentimes comes up as a question, people are like, well, wait a second, like, how is this game even balanced? Like, so you've got like Black Widow and then you've got, you know, the Hulk or Thor or, or Thanos even like in your roster. You know, how do how are characters balanced? Is there a, you know, the a point system? How do you keep it so that, you know, when you're going around, you can use your powers in a way that, you know, just doesn't completely skew things like there is. How is there any semblance of balance, I guess? Absolutely. Uh, so there is a point system. Uh, every Marvel Crisis Protocol character has a threat rating. And from that, you just kind of that that's their points. But each character is kind of very uniquely built. So you already mentioned Black Widow. Well, she's not going to be able to do much to Thanos. He already has (laughs) some pretty solid defenses, all that. But she has an ability called Stealth, which means targets farther away can't even target her. Uh, And she has a long movement speed, which is able to let her like go in, get an objective, maybe heal up a teammate, and then run away without ever having to really even worry about being in the fight in the first place. So she's a great uh, objective player kind of character that uh, is just staying on the back lines and making sure you're earning those victory points. And are there, so in A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game, there are like multiple versions of characters sometimes. So you might have, uh, you know, Daenerys Targaryen in multiple forms. Does Marvel Crisis Protocol seem to be following a formula where they can have multiple iterations of characters? Or is it like, well, this is what I got. And, you know, this will forever be this character. Yeah, absolutely. So they've actually already uh, released a second character of uh, Natasha, actually. They have a Agent Black Widow. Uh, unfortunately, she was supposed to come out the same time as her movie, which, you know, ah. we're still waiting on. But uh, the figure has come out, and uh, what they've said from kind of like the character design point is they take a snapshot of a comic character, like, hey, we're going to pull them out of this comic. And that's how they play on the table. So the core set Black Widow that you can get is kind of like the sneaky around Black Widow, where the other Black Widow is Black Widow Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this is like the the Agent Widow that is going in ready to blow up a Hydra base, like strapped with all of the different weapons and all that kind of stuff. She's got some poison gas and some extra goodies. Last thing, kind of going over and over on the same thing about these points values. And then, so Thanos, you get him, you can play him in your roster. But then in his ultimate encounters mode, you know, he's got the he's got the different gemstones. Is his point value then I'm assuming like significantly higher or is it just like the scenario is you get to take, you know, 10 opposing forces or something? Yeah. So what's really cool uh, about the ultimate encounter modes is the the boss character, the raid character has a completely different stat card. Uh, so not only does he get like access to all the gems, the gems are different from the ones that you can use in the normal one-on-one playing against each other kind of game. Uh, but there's a very specific scenario. He has completely overpowered superpowers and all of this to try to take on this horde of, uh, the strike teams trying to take them down. 
man, there's just so many cool scenarios that you can can make or play then with that. Is there a lot of like community content that people are making for, you know, unofficial gameplay or scenarios? Uh, there hasn't been yet. There has been kind of like some people did a very short narrative kind of event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, Atomic Mass Games has been providing a lot of just good stuff on their own. Uh, the awesome. objective system, uh, I might be skipping ahead a little bit. Oh, no, yes, let's get into here. that. Let's do that. <laughs> Is, uh, it's really unique. So you have, uh, when you build your roster, you have your 10 characters. Then you also have three secure objectives, which are those objectives that are going to stay put. They're going to be placed on the battlefield, and that's where they are. And then you have uh, three cards representing extraction objectives. And so then at the beginning of the game, each player is going to uh, pick which color via priority. Then you discard one of your three cards. And uh, if I was the priority player, let's say I pick the secures, well, then you, Chase, would be able to pick the extraction objectives, Uh which makes for a ton of variety in the different types of missions. Uh, And so even just from the get-go, there were three secures and three extractions. Well, that's about nine different objective layouts just mm-hmm. from that and it's only been growing as uh, more character packs some of them have come with an additional extraction or an additional secure uh which just continues to widen the variety of different missions that you can have on the game so i just watched your dr strange video like maybe it was the other day any and it was it was awesome uh it seems like you're pretty excited about him any any characters that are in the game or coming out for the game that you're like particularly excited for, either like thematically or just like their abilities, um, things you're like looking forward to? Absolutely. Uh, there is one that everybody has been. It's it's been a joke. It's been a reset the clock uh, in Marvel Crisis <laughs> Protocol, and that has been the X Men. Oh and yeah. And yeah. at Gen Con, they finally revealed the X Men. Uh, it's got that like '90s cartoon look to them. Uh, and we think this is all just kind of guesswork at this point, but we think they're coming out in November for the one year anniversary of the game. Uh, and so in addition to, you know, it's just being Magneto with Mystique and Sabretooth versus Wolverine, Storm, Cyclops and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's the first time that we're also getting multiple leaders for the different affiliations, uh, which is a really one of the cool team building aspects of the game is Anybody can be paired up with anybody because at some point in the comics, who hasn't teamed up with (laughs) everybody else? Uh, And so this kind of allows your roster to be made up of like, man, if you want Green Goblin and Spider-Man on the same team, like you can make that happen. Uh, But you can also have like suddenly Star-Lord and Rocket join the team, which is really cool. But there's you do get rewarded for building uh, teams around certain affiliations so like the cabal with red skull or maybe the avengers with captain america but there's only been one leader for each affiliation thus far right so now we're going to have storm and cyclops uh storm being the i think the gold x-men team leader and cyclops being the blue team leader and they're actually um, going to have different leadership abilities themselves man that is going to be insane just seeing how well they've done like the feel of the character so far like even little things i was playing last night and uh i think i had venom attacking spider-man or, and it was like uh oh it doesn't trigger spider senses because of his abilities and i was like oh that's like actually thim- uh that's very thematic to like venom as a character um and just like seeing little interactions like that x-men they're gonna have a field day with 
Oh, absolutely. I can't uh, can't wait for the fastball special card that will eventually come out. And the thing is, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's going to be amazing. And, uh, like, the cool thing about this game that I've at least felt so far is that it seems like nothing comes out that, like, invalidates your purchases, where um, if something cool comes out, like, there's new X-Men, like, well, maybe I don't want to play all of the X-Men. Maybe I just want Wolverine. I could get Wolverine and play him with my other affiliations or groups. So the affiliations, yeah. those those group themes. So if you've played like War Machine or other games that have like a theme, uh, it's somewhat similar to that, except you don't need to have, it's not incredibly strict. It's what, you need to have like 50 or 51% of your group be of that type. Yeah, so let's say if you're building Avengers, you have Captain America, maybe Iron Man and Hawkeye, and then you're, you can have two more characters because uh, you need to hit that 51% of your team needs to be of that affiliation uh so then you can throw in maybe star lord and venom and they can all be avengers for the day just such a such a great way of doing it. i love how that and that's the thing it's like there's like enough flexibility that you can just have fun with it and yet there are interesting bonuses and and ways to build so if you're like one of those people that really wants to like min max there are all sorts of interesting combinations like hunt for yeah uh and one of the other great things is none of the affiliations are quote unquote complete yet uh so when we see beast and wolverine come out with the x-men they could very possibly also get avengers uh affiliation because they've been a part of the avengers oh interesting and like storm could be part of wakanda because you know her and t'challa kind of got it on for a little bit so <laughs> oh my gosh yeah there could doors. be oh god there's just such a wealth of like you know years and years and years of comics uh to draw on and that's the important thing, though. It is based on the comics, not on the uh, cinematic universe. It is. Now, granted, there's also been a lot of the comics have changed a lot because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Star-Lord does appear a lot more like he does in with Chris Pratt than right. he does <laughs> years ago with his uh, blue like leather jacket with a yellow guardian symbol and helmet and stuff. So the it's a lot of it has been the more recent comics but for the most part yeah i'd say that they've uh, followed the comics pretty closely and so you you got these beautiful miniatures the, the sculpts are absolutely fantastic and you know i've just been poking around looking at them just to see like what the quality is and it's really high uh, and yet you can do a lot of modifications and uh you know changing the actual sculpt of the model because of the way uh, like line of sight or not line of sight, I guess I should say terrain works in the game. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of line of sight and the terrain. It's a, a really cool system that makes the rules extremely tight. There, there's none of the kind of guesswork that you have in a lot of other miniatures games uh, where it's, hey, it, it's all based on the base and the size of the character. And each terrain feature in the game is going to get a size that you and your opponent will determine at the beginning. So, like, if you have Spider-Man, he's behind a car, you say, cool, Spider-Man is size two, the car is size two. If he's close enough, he'll be able to get cover from it. But then you have, like, little Rocket Raccoon, who's only size one, he's going to be completely obscured by that car. So as long as you cannot draw a straight line from part of the enemy's base to Rocket's base that doesn't go through that size two obstacle, then Rocket cannot be seen. So the terrain is something that might be different when you first start off. And I actually watched your, you have a, a video that goes over terrain specifically in Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, it's actually it's it's just different. If you're used to like true line of sight games, it's it's different than that, but it's actually just it does make it so much cleaner. Um, I think when I first came in, I was like, what? Like this seems so weird. And it was just I didn't really fully understand it. And now that I've gotten a better grasp of it, it just keeps the game going and uh, you know, it's actually quite elegant. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things that for some people it breaks immersion a little bit because they're going to put like a, a skyscraper on there. Uh, but at the end of the day, kind of similar to a, a song, it's all kind of a 2D game and the buildings just make it look that much cooler, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, because you you label, cool, this is going to be a size 3 terrain feature. And to be able to get up there, you just have to move short instead of your full length. So Widow suddenly has to take a little bit of time to climb up that building. She's not able to go as far. Or somebody like Spider-Man or Iron Man are able to just (laughs) pop up on there regardless. Yeah, there's so many people that can just like fly or like wall crawl. It does. It's like one of those moments where it's like, oh, this person like actually has to climb up here. Like, lame. (laughs) Yeah, we need need some rocket boots on Natasha now. There we go. Oh, sweet. Yeah um all right so you know a little personal time for me here then so i uh i picked about just a few miniatures i've got some friends look that really enjoy the game uh song of ice and fire builder mark is like really into it as well mike meeple great painting tutorials he's been whispering in my ear uh so i ended up picking the some uh some web warriors i've just got uh miles morales uh ghost spider venom and then i picked up some asgardians just for fun uh, so that and like maybe the starter set, uh, there any if I wanted to build like, a, you know, a small roster, any suggestions uh, on, on you know, where I should maybe take that for, for right now? I've enjoyed maybe my favorite character has been Venom uh, just because he's so durable and, you know, it's Venom. <laughs> and then Miles Morales has like a Venom shot where he can like drop people's objectives when they're when they are they're carrying him. You can like strip them of the token. Yeah. Um, so, if I really enjoyed those mechanics, you know, what might I be thinking about adding to my collection? You know, besides just like the rule of cool, are there things out there like, man, you should really look at, you know, these guys? Yeah. Oh, uh, man. So with what you do, you, do you enjoy how the web warriors play? Cause they're well, a little bit more like objective style. Like, yeah, that's what I'm starting to realize. And maybe there's more even then I don't even understand, but it seems like, uh, you know, so Mark from a song of a smart builder, he just likes to build like big smash you armies. And like, I've been finding that some things you can make are like pretty scary. You can get some pretty big dice pools. Um, and so it seems like there's a, like a big tanky meat shield store style of play. And then there's more of like a play the objectives, uh, style and i don't know yeah. maybe there's other control things that i should be thinking of but i've really enjoyed kind of zipping around and trying to get the objectives maybe just because like i haven't been playing very like uh meat shieldy forces into his um but you know uh what is it black dwarf or uh, even hulk i guess like some of those guys are no, no joke oh yeah they they go in just like a wrecking ball man they're crazy uh for somebody who's looking for a little bit more of like a control go for the objectives kind of gameplay style uh wakanda is actually a really strong addition uh black panther is extremely mobile himself uh, but because he's got like that vibranium suit going on all of his basic attacks will automatically uh push your opposing enemy models away short from them so like if they're standing on objective black panther can get up in there swipe at them and that'll push them back so now black panther's the only person securing that objective his sister shuri kind of has a similar thing but she's doing it at range with the what i like to call her panther pew pew gauntlets (laughs) uh 
so Wakanda has uh, some things that the Web Warriors would certainly enjoy having along their side. Uh, but if you're starting to look for something a little bit more along those lines with like Venom and Miles punching a little bit harder, uh, the Asgardians are great. Uh, the Black Order with Corvus and Proxima having, uh, because they're husband and wife, they have a cool interaction where they, you kind of get a double activation out of them. If you activate one and they're close enough to the other one, the other one then immediately gets to go before your opponent does, which is a huge deal because MCP is a uh, alternating activations game. Oh man, actually, let's take some time to talk about that because um, that's like a, a really important thing to understand while you're playing. Um, I've had a few instances where it's like, oh, the order I've been dazed or, you know, like the way that party token passes back and forth. That's actually a really great part of the game. Absolutely. I, I really enjoy the the thought they put into that because priority is, like in most games, a really big idea big deal but there's some play styles where you're going to want to go first so that you can get your big hitter like thor to go days or knock out as many other characters as you can but then if you're playing like the web warriors you kind of want to be able to go last so that you have the last chance to influence the objective layout and who's standing on what objectives at the end of a turn and so how do you uh, how does priority change like in a song of ice and fire it's like i go first the first turn then the next turn you go first then the next turn i go first yeah so priority at the beginning of the game you just roll off for it and the non-player non-priority player has a couple of advantages the priority player has a couple of advantages but then after the first turn basically if you have priority and you were the last player to activate a character you have to pass your priority chip so basically, it doesn't allow you to be able to go last and then first. Yeah, which actually makes a big difference, and it, it really adds a new mechanic. So it's not just about like activation spam necessarily. Yeah, uh, it's can, about making a really good group that synergizes and does what it wants, and that's not as big a factor then. I mean, it still helps, I guess. It's still very significant, and uh, to kind of help negate the the swarm aspect. Uh, and the benefits that come with that, because at the end of the day, you win just by objectives, unless you can wipe everybody off the board, which is kind of hard. Tough, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other mechanic they added was a pass mechanic that I think works really well. Uh, so if, let's say, you have five activations and I've only got three in my list, mm -hmm. uh, as long as you have more activations than I do have left, I'm able to pass and just let you go for a turn ah okay so that way i can still have a little bit more say over objectives at the end of a turn or something like that as well as maybe having a chance to go with a heavy hitter uh before giving a couple of passes absolutely man and I just you know that's one of the things where the rules just are really well thought out um and that's been great to be able to pull in some of my more experienced gaming friends and then having the thematic element of the game being able to pull in people who are maybe even new to gaming um, but it's it's a pretty friendly game to jump into with a lot of depth. Um, you know, so once again, then our, if our audience skews heavily towards the Song of Ice and Fire the Mentors game, you know, why might Marvel Crisis Protocol be something that they should consider picking up as another game? Absolutely. It's a skirmish game. Uh, so the games are, once you kind of get into the swing of it, you're looking at 60-minute games probably, especially if you're able to just kind of get in there, get flowing. Uh, one of the other big reasons is the low model count. Uh, 
you only will have to have 10 models at most. Uh, there's also like infinity gems that take roster spots and other stuff with that. But at the end of the day, you have to have 10 models on the table. So there's not a lot to paint. And even when you are painting, each character is completely different. Uh, I, for one, I, <laughs> I can do it. I have done it. It's not my favorite thing to do to go through and paint 40 Necron warriors all right. the exact same way. Where in this one with the comic book characters, you have so many different dynamic uh, paint schemes and stuff that you're able to do. And then obviously being able to be like, cool, I like Spider-Man, but I really like Symbiote Spider-Man. So being able to choose what uh, maybe different suit Iron Man has, if you want the classic red and gold, or maybe you want to do the black and gold or the silver centurion. Uh, there's just a, so that's one of the big things that appeals to me is like the the painting is a lot more fun. The models are a little bit bigger, so it's a little bit easier to get some of those details in. And it's scale. What scale is it? It seems like I don't know. Is it uh is it thirty five or is that forty? It is technically O scale, which is the forty millimeter scale. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that'll still fit close enough if you've already got pre existing scenery. It still looks good, like in that range. If you're playing, you know, Song of Ice and Fire, or even Warhammer, or other other miniature games. Yep, fits well enough, but it the it. it makes them big enough so that uh, painting them isn't as much of a, a pain as it is for some of like those really small uh, first uh, generation, second generation uh, games workshop models. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think it's a game where like you already said, if you pick up the core set, you get enough to play like a full roster there. If you want to go to a store and, and take your miniatures and, and, and jump into a tournament or, you know, a series of games, um, but then there's just so many cool options. Like the only problem I would say for this game would be that because there's so many cool, like iconic characters, it's, you know, it's a great one to have on the side as a side game, but I could see it like quickly becoming something that is like all consuming because even myself, I was like, I'll just get like these few. And then I'm like, Oh, but that's so cool. <laughs> so next yeah. thing you know, the, uh, the blessing and a curse that I think the MCP community is quickly finding themselves in is Atomic Mass Games has been able to maintain a monthly release mm. of multiple characters, uh, which is a blessing because, man, there are just so many different Marvel characters that we want to be able to have on the tabletop. And they've yeah. been going through and they've been hitting like, hey, here's Thanos with the Black Order. Check. Here's the Guardians. Here's Wakanda. Here's Asgard. Uh, and they're still like, we're just now getting our hands onto Daredevil uh, Ghost Riders coming out later this month. And then there's still like the Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom. Uh, and so there's just kind of this incredible drive of like, man, I want them to slow down a little bit for the fatigue sake, because every single month the meta kind of changes because there's new tactic cards, there's new characters coming out. But at the same time, like, man, I can't wait for the day that I get uh, Agent Venom with Flash Thompson or something. Yeah, well, there's just some stuff that I didn't know I wanted until you started looking at the abilities like the uh, the Ant-Man and Wasp were just really cool ways of handling it with having like a, a, a normal and like a tiny size miniature. And as you're going through, when you like flip sizes, there's different abilities you can use. Just just really cool takes that are really fun. Absolutely. They've uh, they've done a great job with the, the different characters and making making sure there's a little bit of appeal to every character pack that they've uh, come out with 
So then I kind of I said at the start of the show, but I really think it's important to reiterate, uh, you know, you've got an amazing YouTube channel and there are a lot of other resources out there. Uh, you know, I always like to talk about Mike Meeple's painting guides for Marvel Crisis Protocol in particular are awesome. But, you know, your channel is kind of like the catch all like great source to go for for not only um, things like battle reports, but for news and like what's going on. And so that's Gamers Guild on YouTube. You also have a Patreon as well. And I did. Um, I just recently uh, started one up. Where else can we find your information online? Any social media accounts we should be following? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, also on Facebook. I've got uh, just again the Gamers Guild. I'm able to post uh, whatever has come out recently. So if you aren't fully on the board of uh, filling up your YouTube feed with more stuff, <laughs> but you know that there's a couple of things. I always post kind of a quick summary of what the new video is about. Uh, there's everything from the battle reports to character reviews and every now and again, a little bit of strategy talk as well. And I think, you know, just one thing to I'd like to acknowledge here is that, you know, it's one thing to put out content, but you put out a consistent high quality content. Uh, so it's, you know, stuff that I, I end up watching because I enjoy it. And it's, I can know when I click on it, that's like, it's going to be informative and useful. So, you know, keep up the great work, man. You've got to have a breakneck, you've got a breakneck uh, pace here going. I know you got lots of content coming out and there's lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, <laughs> blessing and a curse of a lot of good, good things coming out of Gen Con. If people were inspired by this conversation, um, what would be a good resource or video to watch to, you know, further enhance their knowledge or get some more questions answered? Absolutely. Uh, so I have a video. I have no idea when it came out, so you might have to do a little bit of digging, and I apologize. Uh, but it's called the Updated Beginner's Buyer Guide. And this was after we had a few months of releases and kind of got an idea of what all the game has come out with and just kind of an idea of like, man, if you want to just dive into this game, where's a good place to start? And so obviously you can go multiple ways with that, uh, but that video has a little bit more detail if that's something you're interested in. And I will link that below in the show notes, guys, so you can just click right on over. And Nate, thanks so much for coming on the podcast to to talk about Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I hope to uh, maybe get a game in on uh, Tabletop Simulator. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. Oh, okay. Let's make that a thing. And if you guys are listening, uh, we got lots of A Song of Ice and Fire content coming up, but I really wanted to make you guys aware of this game because it's one we've been looking at. It's got a great community, great community content creators. And this game really has legs and it's fantastic. So if you're on that, you know, competitive spectrum or if you're really just kind of here to have casual thematic games, it, it just hits it all. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>